Haleluya. Amen. We love the name of Jesus. Now I know people will really love to cast out demons. I could see them just jumping. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. God is a good God. Amen and amen. God is good. All right. Today is a, a Mission Awareness Sunday. All right. That's uh, today. Amen. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. So I'm going to just give you a little bit, a bit of a, a little bit of recap today, as far as uh, what has been going on with our mission. Uh, it was a few years ago that we launched the mission ministry in Agape House of Worship. It's a new ministry. But before I go into that, actually, I want to first of all say thank you to everybody that gave to the Hope Bag. Amen. <laughs> So, look like our video ministry is still advertising old bag. We've passed old bag. We've moved beyond old bag. So, amen. Uh, praise God for that. So, I'll give you a little recap. First of all, I want to say that is the best we've ever done for old bag campaign. So, this is a record in the history of old bag. Amen. Uh, the total collected is 30,610. I mean, let the target, what was the target? The target was $21,000. All right, so that's what we needed. That's, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. All right. So, so when next we have a building project, I know the people I'm going to bring here to do fundraising, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But that is 45% more than what we, what we, what we were looking for, uh, which is great. Uh, uh, it is, you know, it's possible there will be other needs at, uh, at the place uh, that we'll be able to meet with that money. Amen. Uh, the orphanage needs much more. If you've ever been there, you know that the, the need is endless. Uh, but we might be able to use some of those to meet some concrete needs. Uh, some of them might actually roll to next year. But we'll decide what we'll do with that by God's grace. Amen. Uh, but I want to say a big thank you. Let's put our hands together. Let's, you know, for Jesus for that. Amen. That is good. So I'll go back quickly to, you know, just giving a little background about our mission ministry, which led to Obag, by the way. All right. Uh, it was launched. It was birthed uh, by God's grace. And uh, the goal of the mission ministry is really uh, to make sure our church has a missionary heart. Amen. It, it, to, has a missionary heart. Mission is really sending individuals and groups called missionaries across boundaries. You know, most commonly ge geographical boundaries. Mission is a direct offshoot of the Great Commission. Jesus came and told his disciples, right? I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I wanted to say all nations. So he wants us to really touch nations. So mission is, is touching nations. It's reaching beyond 
the boundary. Mission is also an offshoot of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, which I believe is also part of the Great Commission. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, The early church took that very seriously. I want to let you know that the early church, they were not necessarily a rich church. The reason why a lot of churches say, oh, we, don't, we can't do mission is, oh, you know, we, we, we have a lot of needs with us, right? There will always be needs that will prevent us from doing mission. If you look at how, oh, we have needs, we have needs in America, we have needs in our neighborhood. No, Jesus does not want us to think like that. He wants us to think in terms of reaching our neighborhood, reaching the, you know, uh, further and further and further. And I'm glad that because of our mission ministry, we are getting there. We're not there yet, but we are getting there gradually. Praise the name of Jesus. So we established our mission ministry in 2018. And by God's grace, uh, we have been able to do a number of things. And, uh, you know, and it, is, it continues to grow. And we came up with what will be the purpose. The purpose will be to pray and develop strategy for missions. That's what he said the purpose will be. The mission ministry uh, pray, and they still pray twice a month, uh, which by God's grace next year, we actually want to make that a church-wide affair. We want every member of Agape House of Worship to at least commit to pray for missions and missionaries. We cannot just be content with us being saved. We cannot be content with our uh, you know, neighborhood being saved. God wants us to be, develop a larger heart his own heart. God's heart is for the old world. Amen. And that's, that's a posture we must have. And people have that posture. I believe God will release means and grace for them to do great things for him. The goal is also to develop strategies to support missions, which has been developed over the last few years. Uh, we've been able to really adopt mission projects we just recently adopted a mission a project in Nigeria, which is for the, the last one we just ad- adopted this year. We were actually able to build a ball for a, among the Fulani tribe uh, in Nigeria. Amen. Uh, through an organization that is actually reaching to the Fulani tribe, the nomadic tribe, with the gospel using education. So it's really great. Uh, the next thing is to mobilize people to support mission, uh, to mobilize people, which is members, to support mission. Number four is uh, to act as liaison to missionaries and update the church on the progress. That, that The mission ministry does that. To plan and execute short-term mission trips. Uh, they have been able to do that. We've done mission to Puerto Rico. We've done missions now to Uganda. This will be... Uh, maybe a third one uh, mission. It, it will probably have been a fourth one, maybe a fifth one, uh, if not for COVID. Amen. Uh, and uh, so, and that has been the, you know, it's been awesome. It's been great. I believe it has really uh, began a process of shaping our heart to be like the heart of God. Amen. That's, that's it. The heart of God is about souls and is about you know, you know, expanding the kingdom of God is about the least of these ones, which 
They are everywhere, both locally and globally. God doesn't want us to really focus on one at the expense of the other. And we praise God because we have been able to do that. We've been able to really care for people around us locally, right? And people, you know, globally as well. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So we continue to look for people who will be part of this ministry. If you have a heart for mission, if you have a heart for lost souls, if you are adventurous and you love people, all right? If you have a gift of service, you love to serve, you have a gift of service. If you love, if you love comfort, it will be very difficult for you to be involved in mission. But if you love to serve, people who love to serve means they can discomfort themselves for others, you know, you know, for, for some time, right? Uh, if you love, you have to give, if you are a big thinker and you have a global view, you might be someone called to be a missionary or to function, to be part of mission ministry. You like to, really, you are concerned about what is going on in the world. That concern can be channeled through mission. It can be channeled through politics and uh, Facebook debate. But I don't think that will do a lot much, right? Uh, but I think you can channel some of that through you know, really, really doing something concrete uh, to help others. Amen. If you have organizational skill, you have leadership skill, uh, you can do a lot, all right? If you want to do, you know, something big for God, you want to say, you know what, I want to do something big for the God in my lifetime. I would like to be part of mission. So mission ministry exists in this church, and the offshoot of that is everything we've seen. It's the mission ministry that gave back to Hope Bag, uh, that gave back to all these trips that we do. And next week, 13 people will be traveling to Uganda again. All right. And we'll be serving for a week. Uh, we'll be doing conducting vacation Bible school for 600 orphans. Just imagine the impact of that. All right. Conduct vacation Bible school to these kids who. They feel abandoned. Look at what that means to them, that some people travel thousands of miles to spend hours with them to teach them about God who loves them. You know, so the same curriculum we use for our kids here, we use it for those kids for a week. Uh, we also have uh, our medical people who will be going with us, uh, and they will be doing medical exams for 600 kids. I mean, that's a lot of work. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Uh, so I want you to, uh, you know, consider being part of this. If you can't go this year, it's too late this year anyway. Uh, next year, I think more people uh, can go, uh, especially more men. I think we only have three men in this school, all right? So men, let's, uh, where's Maya? We have to talk about that at uh, our men's, all right? We want uh, a lot of our young men, all right? Oasis. Uh, you know, to consider being part of this. I mean, just uh, a week of your vacation, you know, can be used. I mean, will be better used in that place than in Cancun or somewhere else. Amen. You get a lot more joy. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm so excited about our mission. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about what, where we are, where we are going. Uh, the next is to be able to actually send missionaries, not just short-term, long-term missionaries. That's the goal, ultimately, to produce missionaries from our church 
that's, that's the goal. That's the mission. That we're going to send somewhere to actually do the work on a long term. So just ask God, maybe it's you. Amen. Talk to your neighbor and say, maybe it's you. All right? Get rid of excuses. And just open your heart and allow God to really talk to you. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. All right. So, to give us a word today, I, we have, uh, I have one of my very wonderful friends, uh, Haman Rika. Amen. Pastor Haman uh, has been a wonderful, wonderful friend. I've been to uh, his ministry with him and his father in Argentina to, to actually be with them. Had a great and wonderful time. He's a, he's a missionary at heart, uh, and he's from Argentina. I was praying for him yesterday. <laughs> because I know what happened yesterday might affect what is going to happen today. <laughs> Some of you didn't get that joke. So as Argentina was playing yesterday... I was just saying, mercy, Lord, mercy, Lord, mercy, Lord, have mercy. And you know what? Mercy delivered. Mercy actually delivered. God, God really had mercy. Mercy on us and had mercy on my brother. So I know he's going to preach so powerful today. Amen, amen. He gave his life to Jesus at the age of 15 and encountered Jesus dramatically. And uh, he has planted a mission organization called Christ for the City. Uh, Christ for the City focuses on urban missions, uh, which really reach out to, you know, neglected, rejected people in the urban areas. And, and he's been doing that for uh, over 10 years now. And uh, along with pastoring a church with his dad in Cordoba, Argentina. Uh, him and his lovely wife, Karina, uh, they are wonderful. They are blessed with two wonderful kids, doing amazing things for God. And he is going to really be used by God to touch our heart, to further you know, expand our heart and our horizon when it comes to mission. Amen. Can we put our hands together as we invite Pastor Haman Rika. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Good morning, church. Thank you. Wow. What a joy to be with you this wonderful morning. You can notice my face. I'm happy, right? <laughs> so, Pastor, keep praying. The whole workup. Till the end. <laughs> wow. So receive my, uh, the love and greeting from uh, my wife, the whole family, and also from my church in Argentina. They all know they, I'm going to be here with you this morning, so receive the love. Uh, it's so wonderful to be with you this morning. And especially this Sunday, because it's a special Sunday, like every Sunday, but when we talk about missions, when the church pray, think, and look it up for direction about missions, it's the right heart of the Lord. Because his heart is a missionary heart. We all know. It's so missionary because he is full of compassion 
That's why he sent his only child to the world to save us. And he put in our heart as believers a DNA of missions. Because mission is for everybody. It's not just for a few people. It's for everybody. And uh, this morning, I, I would like to share with you something that filled my heart. And also, I'm full of expectation about what the Lord is doing. I'm not saying only in Argentina or even here in America, but worldwide. God is doing something amazing. It's not because COVID hit hard, everything is done. No at all. God been using even the evil to turn in a blessing. Because this is the, how God works. And God's been doing something. God was building a momentum. Are you familiar with that word? Momentum, right? You know, a momentum, it's occurs when, an, when a force greater than the object's resistance is applied. I mean, when something is moving, it needs some external force to keep the movement. God is doing something. His Holy Spirit is filling the earth and he's doing something. It's moving everywhere, in every corner of this world, even the darkest place of the earth. God is there. God is doing something. And, you know, I was reading about momentum, and I, I was watching some games. You know, when you are watching a football game, uh, you're, you're hearing, oh, the, the, the team is about to get the momentum to, you know, touchdown or whatever. But then something happened, and it's, somebody dropped the ball, boom, done, nothing, nothing happens. But God is doing a momentum, and God is calling us to embrace, to be part of that momentum. That's the challenge for you and for me, to be part of his momentum. God is doing something amazing. And you know, the opposite of momentum is inertia. You know, you can put something, push something, it will get some velocity, some speed. But later, we'll stop. But when it's a momentum, nobody can stop that. You know the difference? You notice the difference? God is building a momentum. It's not just pushing the church. No, he is with us. He's coming alongside like the engine, like bring the movement into our life. And God's doing it worldwide. Worldwide. I would like to share some images to you and also video as well. But there's something that you all know. It's called Global South. The Global South is what the others name is majority world and all that. But the important thing, I hope you can see on the map, where the church is growing now. Look at the dots, the big dots. Latin America, Africa, Asia. God's church is growing in the global south. In the north part, the south part is the church is decreasing. 10% of the population in Europe are now Muslim. If you have the chance to go to Paris, you will understand what I'm saying. God has built a momentum. Something is happening. God is brewing something. 
It's not just because the things that we are experiencing as the church is growing in, in the poorest country of the world. It's not that. It's because God wants to use everybody from every corner of the world to spread out his message. The church is growing fast. Praise the Lord. Last year, the statistics show us that the evangelical church has grown faster than other religions in the world. That's true. That's true. Following very close by Islam. But the church is growing. We're still moving forward. You know that every week, every week, a thousand a church are planted worldwide. Thousand a church. 50,000 a church has planted per year. New churches. With buildings, without buildings, in a small house, in everywhere. But it's a church, a new church. God is moving. It's his momentum. God is moving from everywhere. And it's growing faster. You know, never than before, now we have translation of the Bible into so many languages. Like never before. My, my sister works in a missionary organization who is partnered of a lot of uh, Bible translators in Nigeria. Uh, she told me that they are working right now in 400 languages, in Ni only Nigeria. 400 languages, which means people are thinking and praying and looking up for translation of the scripture of the Lord into that languages. So more people can get to know about Jesus. That's the Lord. God is doing the momentum. And that is only, only Nigeria. God is moving. This is our Lord. So the question is, are you able to be part of his momentum? But also, this momentum has some parts that are not too happy for us. Like never before in the human history, Christians, followers of Jesus, are facing persecution. Never before in the human history. 316 millions live in a places where they experience high levels of persecution just for being followers of Jesus. 360 millions. That's a lot of people. Brothers and sisters suffering just because they follow Jesus. One among seven Christians in the world experience some kind of persecution. Let's see what happened in Africa. Every five believers in Africa, one is suffering persecution. But the thing is getting worse in Asia. Every five Christians, two of them are suffering persecution. We have a church worldwide that is suffering as well. But those who are in touch with people that experience this kind of persecution, they are full of joy. Full of joy. They don't complain if the AC is too high or too low. They don't complain because the music is too loud. 
is people who surrender his life to Jesus. And they love Jesus till the end. And they suffer. Their body shows the marks of following Jesus. That's true. It's part of the momentum that God is building up. Again, the Holy Spirit is moving. But also, something that caught my attention. Probably some of you have heard about a region in India called Punjab. Punjab is a region in northwest India. And also, nearby the Pakistan border, uh, the Punjab, that region, is the homeland of the Sikhism, which is a, a kind of religion um, built by, by a guru named Nanak for the 1400. Very evil place. But God started something. Like a small wave of believers. And that wave was growing up, growing up. Till the point where you're looking on the screen is the cover of a magazine called India Today. It's not a Christian magazine. It's not a Christian magazine. They are amazed what God is doing there. That's why they say pastor of Punjab. Because a lot of churches being planted in the last 20 years and never before. That place was an evil place. And God is turning on into a place of hope. Isn't that amazing? God is building the momentum. God is doing it. Jesus is so amazing. And I would like to show you with you just a two-minute video, pretty short video. I'm sorry because I caught up suddenly. So you're going to see what God is doing. This has this been recorded last April and was released in August. What the Lord is doing among y'all, Muslim people, Malawi, Mozambique, and other countries. Please watch all together what the Lord is doing in that area of the world. I hope we have the video ready. If not, I can show you now. During that period of pandemic, we baptized 1,050 believers. We didn't close. We were gathering in the teams of five, four people in their homes. And the groups started also multiplying in several villages using Bluetooth speaker. Until now, is a strategic tool that we are using for the remote, remote area where the internet can't get even our, our own personal. We can't get those areas, but we can connect with small phones and we can connect through the Bluetooth speaker and we have the teachings. Uh, these tools, what we are doing, like uh, there is a place where we cannot go and I wanted to train them. So I have my phone in my hand like this. You know, you can call somebody and them, we give them simple phones, which they are connected to the Bluetooth. So you can train them through the phone and all of them listening through the Bluetooth. And also, you know, like they put in the uh, wow, card, wow. SD card. They can put some little music. Sometimes also they are dancing. 
they are putting it and they just celebrate in their culture. So I think I can say Bluetooth has been one of the key. And these simple phones has been one of the keys. When we give to the leaders, it has really bring explosion. And we are so thankful for that. And from this seven, today we have so many groups. We have reached about even uh, seven, eight generations. It's unbelievable. I'm very simple. Cell phone, Bluetooth speaker, done. And it's working. God is doing amazing things. And using simple things. The whole story of this video is because it was a team who did a short-term team. That team was focusing media. So they did this trip and they empower Christians to create, to produce, produce their own videos to connect with oral people. So they record a video, they empower them, they give ideas, they give us tools, and now they're doing the work. You know, it's from everywhere to everywhere. God is doing it. God is doing it. And one question for you all. What is the country in the world where the church is growing faster? Say it louder. Iran. Middle East. Look at this. This is Fox News 2019. Iran has the worst, faster growing church despite no buildings and it's mostly led by women. Again, it's not a Christian magazine. It's not a, a, a Christian media. It's Fox News. God is doing something amazing. Let's talk about China. China, back in, in 1953, they started spelling all the missionaries out of the country. They were kicking out all the missionaries because they didn't want to just receive missionaries in, in China. But now, the statistics said it's a prediction that China will have more Christians, more believers than the United States by the 2030, because his church is growing in China. Again, God is building a momentum. So the question that you and I would need to answer is why do we fail to be part of this momentum? What is wrong? And I would love just you and I, we can go through the scripture. And see what is needed nowadays. What you and I, we need from God to be part of this momentum. Let me tell you something. A transforming encounter leads us to be part of his momentum. It's the only way. We need an encounter, but a transformative encounter. Which is not the same like a being part of a service. It's more than that. It's transformation. You will not be the same person after that. We all need that. So that, I will invite you to go to the scripture, to the our book of Isaiah, chapter 6. A well-known book for everybody. Isaiah, chapter 6. 
NIV title then as Isaiah Commission. Let's read together chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each of, with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. To whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts, the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with the smoke. Wow to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a loud call in his hand, which he had taken with tongue from the altar. When he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Wow. What a vision. What an encounter Isaiah experienced. There is a lot of pearls in this passage. But I would like you to go into the context. Because for some reason, Isaiah was very specific to name Uzziah. He didn't say, this morning or this day, I saw the Lord. He's very clear. He, he, he gave us a kind of clue. The question is, who was Uzziah? Uzziah was a king, a king of Judah. He started at the age of 16 years old, reigning. And he did it for 52 years. Overall, he was a good king who pleased God. But at the end of his days, he was unfaithful. He failed. And God struck Uzziah with leprosy. And then he was isolated and died. But what does it mean for, for Isaiah? Which means he's a prophet called by God to a nation. And now the leader, the king of that nation, passed away. So there is a lot of concern about the future of the nation. There is about a lot of uncertainty. He don't know what's going on. Maybe he, he probably asked, where was the Lord in all this? It wasn't a good year for Isaiah. It was a year full of trials. One of these years that is hard to survive. Maybe it was 2020 for you. Maybe this year is a hard year for you. But the thing is, Isaiah, in the midst of this uncertainty, discouragement, not knowing what the future for him and for the nation 
would look like he said, I saw the Lord. Oh my goodness. He was able to see the Lord. He didn't say, somebody came and told me about the Lord. He didn't say, I got a book who talk about the Lord. He said, I saw the Lord. And you know what? The Lord was high and exalted, sitting on the throne. He's the ruler of the world. We will have a lot of issues, trials, circumstances, but God is above all. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he was able to experience that. He had a true encounter with the Lord Almighty who is rolling above everything. Brothers and sisters, God is not a distant God. He let us see Him. He's the one who opened our eyes so we can see Him and His majesty. For He was exalted, high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of His robe filled the temple. The question for you, brothers and sisters, Are you able to see the Lord in the midst of your uncertainty, your trials, struggles, relationship problems, a different season in your life, sickness, challenges, and the list can go on and go on and go on. Are you able to see the Lord? Maybe it's not a hard time. Maybe you're having a good time. Sometimes we cannot manage the blessings. And we forgot that he's the giver. And I only understood what God gave me. That's only. Are you able to see the Lord? May the Lord open our eyes today. So we can see him sitting on the throne. Hallelujah. Nothing can remove the Lord from the throne. Nothing. 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 Let's keep going. Do not give up. Even if you don't see or you don't feel, God is working. He is. A transformation is something that you and I, we need. A real transformation. Let's keep reading. Uh, verse 2 said, Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered the faces, with two they covered the feet, and with two they were flying. There is something very important in this image. These creatures, the seraphim, angel, it shows us a perfect balance how we need to live out our faith. They have six wings. Four of them, two covered the faces, two of the feet, they were expressing humility in front of the God Almighty. And only two were fine. These two express their willingness and ability to serve God. I hope you can see the balance. It's not 50-50. Not now. It's 
more of you need to be surrendered to God, expressing humility, humble yourself in front of God Almighty than doing. For me as a doer, this is something hard to follow because I enjoy doing things. I enjoy traveling, doing ministry, preaching, go, whatever is needed, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. But God is telling me the important part of all this is not doing, it's being. And we are called to be, to humble ourselves, to surrender, and then serve. Somebody told me that one of the mistakes that the church is having nowadays is we're trying to accomplish the great commission without fulfill the great commandment. Which says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and your neighbor. We try to engage the mission because it's doing it without the first thing. We are called not to be missionaries, not to be a pastor, not to be a preacher. Uh, we are called to be in his presence, to love him, to worship him, to surrender all our life to him. That's it's our main calling. And as a result of that, we are sent. We should spend a good amount of time in showing the Lord our surrendering and the rest of the time serving him. Verses number three said, and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Wow to me, I cry, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. A true encounter with the Lord brings the right perspective. The right perspective. He was able to see the Lord Almighty sitting on the throne, but at the same time, He was able to see himself as a sinner. He cried out, I'm going to die. I don't deserve to be in front of the Lord Almighty. Because I am a man of unclean lips. We need to have the right perspective. I don't know why, but there is a movement inside the church. The thing that we deserve. We deserve God's blessing. We deserve this. And we are like a child or a kid. Like they're, they're asking for something. And because their parents are not able to give to him, they cry. They start, they start doing a lot of noise. Brothers and sisters, if there is something that we deserve, it's the death. Only because the grace of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we have a life. But that life that was given to you is not for you. It's to give back to him. 
That is what God is expecting from you and I. Make the decision to say, okay, enough. I need to give my life again to the Lord. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm, not, I'm talking about lordship, which is different. And that is what the Lord is doing. That's why Isaiah said, why to me? I'm ruined. Do it. You know what? The Lord's holiness helps us to see ungodliness. The holiness that God confronts ourselves and I put it in a, in a right posture, which is surrendering. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. Notice that. The live coal that this angel was taking from the altar using tongues because that was very hot. Picture that, Isaiah. An angel is coming to him with a live coal, ready to touch their face. <laughs> what will be the natural reaction? Oh. Running away. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Because this is a more sensitive area of our skin. Yeah. I bet that live coal might hurt. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. These verses are showing us a transformation from a man of unclean lips into a new man that now can be standing in front of the Lord Almighty. Because something happened in between. It's what we call sanctification, transformation. Something we and I, we need to experience to not be the same person, to be transformed. That is happening in, in, in Isaiah's life. This transformation has, God has changed the condition of Isaiah from a man of unclean lips into a man clean in front of the Lord. This is the process of sanctification. This is not simple. It might hurt. Isaiah didn't mention any word about the painful process. Why? Because his focus was on the result. Because when you surrender to life, your life to the Lord, probably you are facing a very hard season, but you know that you know that God is with you, although it's painful, but don't care. You know there's going to be a time of, that you're going to be and experience the, the transformation, the outcome of this season. Isaiah was focusing on the outcome, the transformation. He never got us talk about how hard is that. Brothers and sisters, God's process are painful. 
but it's for good. It's for good. This process, we cannot stop this process. Because if we stop the process, we are, able, no, are, we are not able to move forward. And we, we live this kind of life that we go to church every Sunday. We sing, we cry, we, but nothing happened outside of that. Because there is no transformation. I'm not talking that we need to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're still dealing with some stuff. But we need to experience transformation. And that transformation is a process led by God. And it's painful. And it's painful. I love that verse 8. Because it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord. Then. Because what happened before, now I can hear. He was in a bad moment, but God shows in front of him. And he was able to see the God, to experience the God Almighty, have a right perspective, experience transformation in his life. Now he's able to hear God's voice. The Lord was saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? He, the Lord wasn't saying, hey, Isaiah, I need you to go. He was saying, a desire. Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? Then Isaiah answered, here, here am I, send me. This transforming Encounter allow Isaiah to hear God's voice and God's heart, which is a heart full of compassion, who care for the lost. The Lord longs to find someone not perfect, not almighty, not a religious person, but someone available. And the only way to The only way that you and I can make ourselves available is when we understand that there is a higher purpose. That higher purpose, purpose is to spread out the message. As we were hearing, global and local. So we fail. To be part of the momentum because we are not willing to pay the price to experience the transformation. So church, with a humble heart in front of you, I'm here to challenge you to be like Isaiah. Man, a woman who is willing to go into God's presence, not only to experience His presence, but only to be transformed Amen. without giving up the process. Still strong, even though you are not able to see a change in your life. Be strong, remaining strong because God is with you. He's Emmanuel. God is inviting you. To be part of his momentum. And we need to 
go through the whole process as Isaiah. See the Lord sitting on the throne. Have the right perspective about God and myself and the need of a change. Let God to lead me into a transformation. And then you and I, we're going to be able to hear his voice. Hear God's desire that carry for the lost. And then you're going to be able to do whatever God wants. Go and be a long-term missionary. What is something that I really believe is for this house. God will send people from this house to another nation for long term. And probably that person is here this morning. Stop battling your thoughts about it. Just surrender your life. It will be hard. It won't be easy. But he is with you. Amen. And also, there's a fellowship who will take care of you too. Church, we were able to see what God is doing global. We were able to read together Isaiah Commission. Now it's time to have an encounter, but a transformational encounter. You won't be the same. I will ask you to stand up and close your eyes. We want to pray together. And I feel I need to call to the altar for those who are understanding God's words this morning. I was praying this morning and I knew in my spirit that God is challenging people to make decisions that will change your future for good. Probably you will go against the status quo. <laughs> Probably your decision to, this morning is, is going to change your, your whole plans. But let me tell you something. It's for good. If God is in it, there's victory. bless you Lord this morning thank you thank you for your word thank you for this momentum that you have been building worldwide we rejoice with brothers and sisters from different part of the world we cry also for for those who are suffering persecution just to follow you but we cannot remain in our seat like nothing happens We need you, Lord. We need that kind of encounter that changed our life. And I believe, Lord, although the church in the north part of the world is decreasing, there is a remnant. There is a remnant. And in this place, here is the remnant. Men and women, ready to go ready to do what God is wondering to do. And I will call for those who really believe in their heart that God is calling you 
to be part of the momentum in the format that maybe God knows how you will fit on that. I don't know. I don't have an answer. But God has this answer. I don't know. Maybe some of you need to be part of this mission team in this church. Maybe God is touching your heart to be a short-term missionary next year. Maybe God is challenging you to give more for missionaries' projects. I don't know, but I'm sure God is calling you. God is doing something in your heart. Don't say, I'm too old or I am too young. <laughs> That's not an excuse. God wants you right there like you are. But he wants to process you, transform you, so that you can run into the altar and experience his transformation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you, God. We believe you're still in the throne. You're still sitting on the throne, ruined above all about everything how can I stop what you are doing Lord my answer to you this morning is here I am send me maybe God is sending you to your school to your college to your work to the grocery store to your neighbor to the next city to Houston, to Orlando, whatever, God is the one who's leading you. But maybe you are here and God is calling you to go outside of America for being a missionary long term. Be ready. God will do mighty things in your life. So if you feel God is calling you to this, I will invite you to come to the front. Let's worship together and let the Spirit to do His part. I, I was just only a messenger this morning. But I believe the Holy Spirit is talking, is touching life, is bringing transformation. It's opening up a new future. It was like a, the way was blocked but because your decision God is open up like a new door that you need to cross by I don't know but God is the one who is leading you thank you Jesus thank you for this time we want to bless you Lord I want to bless pastor of this church pastor Jide pastor Bimbola even in this coming trip to Uganda God may your presence go with them Lord May your presence open doors that never before, God. God, I'm praying for godly appointment for him and his team in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For a lot of fruits of the time of the team in, in Uganda. Oh God, oh God Almighty, we pray together in agreement. Asking your protection for the whole team, Lord. Your protection. We claim the blood of Jesus upon them, Lord. So the enemy will fly away. Because your children are walking with you Lord thank you Jesus 
We bless you. We honor you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because this church is a missionary church. Because we love you, Lord. We love you, God. Thank you. In the name of the Lord Almighty, we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. Thank you very much. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Aren't you challenged? Aren't you challenged by that word? Are you challenged by that word? As, as he was speaking, I remember uh, a hymn that I, we used to sing growing up. Some of these hymns, you, you sang it growing up, never really, didn't know the meaning of them until you grow up. And uh, the particular one is just, it's a hymn that says, Must I go and empty-handed? And the word says, Must I go and empty-handed? Thus, my dear Redeemer, meet. Not one day of service give him. Lay no trophy at his feet. Must I go and empty handed? Must I meet my Savior's soul? Not one soul with which to greet him. Must I empty handed go? You know, as he was speaking, I was challenged so powerfully that some people are already thinking languages where there's no Bible and they've committed their life. I mean, that's something that many of us would never even imagine, right? We just go by our life. We are consumed by our challenge. And some people are thinking there are still 400 languages in Nigeria where they don't have a Bible. And many of these people, how can they even know Christ without... And some of these people will go live there. And that's just in Nigeria, by the way. I mean... I don't know how many thousands of languages like in Africa or thousands of languages in, in Asia, all part of the world where some people are committed themselves. That's, that's one thing to think about that. What am I doing? What is my own contribution? If I can't do that, if I can't go preach, if I can't go be like that guy in Malawi, just figuring out how can we get this message to the unreached people. How can I just sit in my comfort and enjoy everything and not even think of how I can be a part? I, do you think we have an excuse? After watching that video of that guy in Malawi, do you think we have an excuse? No, we don't. Uh, we can do something. And the Lord will help us to do something in Jesus' name. Uh, you can go, whether even short term. Uh, you can pray, obviously, by God's grace. We're going to roll out a better plan for, for prayer for mission next year, which I want you to be part of. You can give to support. And today we're going to take an offering, a mission offering. But I, I don't want you to give yet. I want you to bow down your heads. I want you to say, God, what do you want me to give to this? We're going to take a mission offering, 
a special mission offering. This is once a year. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, just put, tell me what to give towards mission. As you are thinking about that, I'm going to give you some of the things we've been doing. We continue to support uh, Caring Heart. When we got there, these kids, they used to eat once a day. And thanks to our monthly support, they now eat twice a day. I mean, that's, that's amazing. We support our friend, Reverend Victor Raju, who actually trains missionary in India in their own language to go speak. India is another place with several languages to, to go preach the gospel to become missionaries and become evangelists. We support the training of missionaries in India. We support the kingdom, the kingdom project in Nigeria who, are, who now reach to the Fulani tribe. That is one of the least rich tribe and they do that by building schools. All right, they build schools because they are uneducated and teaching them and by that showing them Christ. I mean that's and we're gonna to continue to add more by God's grace. Amen. I believe since we started this mission, we've given over a hundred thousand dollars to the cost of mission. But you know, we can actually do that yearly on a yearly basis. We can commit so much more. We've gone to four or five mission trips. Our youth have gone to a mission trip. And we've gone to four. And next year, I want us to step it up. I do, I do two. Maybe we go to Argentina and do, and do inner city mission work. Or somewhere else the Lord will lead us. So, I want you to give what the Lord lays, lays in your heart.